We are two days away from the return of Vikings football as we welcome you to the Friday edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson, and as always, I am joined by Vikings.com's Tatum Everett and producer Jay Nelson. And for the team in purple, it is officially beat Arizona week. Coming up on the show tonight, we will be joined by the super talented analyst from CBS Sports, Brian McFadden, who also co-hosts the All Things Covered podcast with Patrick Peterson. And uh, he's a guy that knows this Vikings squad and Cardinal squad very well. So it'll be good to hear his thoughts uh, later in the show. But before we get to him, Tatum, it's only been 12 days since our last game since we faced the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, 12 days seems like an eternity ago. Oh, you have no idea. You know, this year I've been fortunate to travel with the team, but I couldn't go to the Miami game due to a family wedding. And so I feel like it's been eons since I have either seen the Vikings play, been there in person, and I am cannot wait. It's going to be exciting. The Ring of Honor ceremony with Jared Allen is going to be really cool. I think it's going to be – these fans are going to be juiced up. I mean, to be a 5-1 and one right now and to have so much positivity and, and apprehension, I think, maybe, you know, like what team is going to show up? Are we going to see this team that is – winning at the end of games like is that what we're going to continue to see so I think there's a lot of excitement surrounding this Sunday's game yeah and a lot of excitement for Vikings fans who will be at the game on Sunday you talked about Jared Allen being inducted into the Vikings ring of honor there are going to be mullets on every seat for fans who will be attending uh, the game in honor uh, Jared Allen who's getting inducted into the ring of honor and uh, Spillane is actually giving out free mullets on the concourse on at Sunday's game. So, uh, so I, a multitude of mullets. A multitude of mullets <laughs> for many, um, many Minnesota. Um, no, that's good. A multitude of mullets for many Minnesotans. Multiple. I love that. <laughs> but, Say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, there is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement surrounding Sunday's game. You got a five and one Minnesota Vikings team that is um, looking for revenge against a three and four Arizona Cardinals team that beat them last year. Uh, on a field goal miss that Greg Joseph had. And um, I was doing some research earlier, and the Vikings have won 10 straight home games against the Arizona Cardinals. The last home loss was 1977, and the legendary Tommy Kramer, that was the same game he threw his first NFL pass. So um, I'm looking forward to the Vikings staying on the right side of history. But what's your one big talking point uh, heading into Sunday's game that uh, can, I guess, keep the trajectory of history going? Well, 12 days ago, this was not my one big talking point. But after seeing DeAndre Hopkins return to the Cardinals offense, I think he's just an absolute game changer. They looked more confident. Kyler Murray targeted him 14 times, I believe. I mean, it's just he takes away the target share for the rest of the receivers. He requires attention and still makes plays to to be out for that long and to just kind of be plopped right back into the lineup and that be that effective, I think is for me the scariest part of the situation. Uh, They did a lot of work with him in the slot as well, which I thought was pretty interesting. He's not really used to being in there uh, as much, but it was the most he had ever played in the slot, which I think is, I wouldn't say a weakness for this team, but I do think that somewhere that they can exploit the middle of the field has been a little bit more of, of a, again, I don't want to say weakness because they obviously are getting things done, but it's been something they struggle with. And so putting him there, maybe not sending him down the field as much might be a little bit of the of a difference maker, in, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a there's a cause for concern as far as when I mean, you have a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, you know, lined up multiple places on the field. And 
um, a guy that knows DeAndre Hopkins very well that played nickel cornerback that guarded the the slot receiver is a guy who's going to be our guest on the show today and Brian McFadden. But before we get to him, there is um, a lot of concern on how to contain Kyler. If you don't contain Kyler, I don't think you you have a chance of winning this game. And last year, I uh, pretty much proved that. Uh, Kyler had over 430 all-purpose yards against this Minnesota Vikings team. And um, dual-threat quarterbacks have been, I would say, the Achilles heel for this Minnesota Vikings defense this year. Uh, just think about Jalen Hurts or uh, Justin Fields. Both of those guys, if you combine their stats – against the Vikings this year. They they have almost 600 total yards in two games against this Vikings team. So how will the Vikings um, look to rewrite the ship against another dual threat quarterback in Kyler Murray, uh, who's looking to you know continue where he left off last year? And one person who knows how to contain Kyler Murray is our head coach, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. Uh, during his time with the LA Rams the past two seasons, he faced Kyler Murray seven times in those seven games he was six and one against the dual threat quarterback let's hear what he had to say when he addressed the media today discussing the vikings upcoming matchup against the arizona cardinals the fact that this is i suppose the fourth time you've been preparing for the cardinals in the last yeah. 18 more year and a half whatever it is does that give you anything just in, as opposed to a NFC West team you wouldn't see that much otherwise I, I think what I have is just an inventory of just knowing how, how how good they can be when they put it all together like they did against the Saints and can turn the ball over really be complimentary with both sides and special teams uh, I treat each each game as its own uh, try to take whatever we can you know over the past couple years for me but teams change so much schemes change you know we're different than uh, ultimately what we were in LA in a lot of ways our, our personnel um, our schemes kind of evolved as we've we've moved along here and uh, but I, I definitely it starts with Cliff and and knowing the, the great roster they've put together there I know what the challenge is especially uh, when they do get it going and, and I feel like that's exactly where they are right now Kevin now that you've coached a few games at uh, US Bank Stadium just uh, what, what is the impact of, of that the noise and just that place on opposing teams the thing that just jumps out at me always is just the energy and the feel of the crowd from the time we come out for warm-ups to the time we get to go in after what has been a really successful start you know of our home slate I think our team feeds off of it I know the guys that have played here a long time they try to set the tone with our younger players of just embrace it embrace how special of an opportunity it is to play in front of our great fans um, and then ultimately you know the things you learn about uh, for our defense you know the communication the the things that go into it we got to be great and try to mimic that noise uh, that our fans do provide for our defense and make sure all the checks all the the things as part of our system to make sure we're in the premier look defensively for all the things we're going to see that requires some elite communication where you're not always able to hear each other out there so uh, we're constantly trying to rep that thing and and make sure our guys are ready to go but I would never ever uh, want to uh, you know, not have that effort from our fans. They've been special, and, and hopefully we can keep giving them reasons to provide that atmosphere. Well, it is no easy task for this Minnesota Vikings team on Sunday as they face the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, someone who knows both the Cardinals and the Vikings very well is our guest next on the show. Uh, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, best friends with Patrick Peterson, a guy who you talked to earlier this week, Tatum, Patrick Peterson, who that interview is on Vikings.com right now. 
And uh, without further ado, it's Brian McFadden, and he joins the show. BMAC, how's it going, man? Man, it's a great day to be alive, so let's take advantage of it. <laughs> BMAC, uh, I got to start things off. Um, you and P2 host a, a weekly podcast every week on CBS Sports, and um, uh, just knowing him as long as you've known him and understanding his story and his history and his past, when it comes to preparing for the Cardinals, his former team, this upcoming Sunday, uh, do you believe this game means more, less, or the same as last year's game uh, when P2 played the Cardinals for the first time? Man, you know what? If you if you were to ask Pat that question, he would say it means the same. But in my opinion, it means more. I felt like it was a big deal last year because that was his first time going to Arizona as a visitor, playing against the Cardinals who, you know, drafted him. I felt like it was a big deal last year, but he kind of lowered any of those expectations and basically said it's just another ball game. But come on. I understand publicly he has to say that, but me personally, knowing him deep down, no, you know, it's an issue. It's a big deal, especially this year. It's a bigger deal because, number one, the Vikings are rolling, right? So you want to continue to stack wins on top of wins. And being able to do so is already important. But being able to do that against the team that basically said, we don't think you're good enough, so we're going to allow you to test the, the waters out there as a competitor. You want to show them you made a bad mistake. That's no different than having a normal 9-to-5. And your former employer said, you know what, we don't want you back. Go see what else is out there. So now you sign on with another opportunity and you want to show your former employer, you know what, y'all made a bad mistake. Look at the numbers that I'm providing. Look at the viewership that I'm bringing into the company. Look at the, the dollars that I'm bringing into the new company. Y'all messed up. So it's the same mindset. So, yes, this is a big deal. It's a big deal for, for, for a few reasons. Number one, that was his former team, right? And like I said, he wants, in my opinion, he wants to show them y'all messed up. I'm still a high-level type of corner, and I'm going to showcase that on Sunday. And number two, you're 5-1. and one. You take care of Arizona, you're 6-1. I mean, you guys are already feeling good right now being 5-1. and one. The goal is to be 6-1 and one and continue, like I said, to stack wins on top of wins. Yeah, I actually asked Patrick that question yesterday, and he did give a very similar answer to what you said he would say. He did say, though, that the trip back to Arizona did mean more than having them come here, just for the sheer fact of, you know, as you mentioned, it was his stadium. But he also said that now it he gets more eyes and looks that this team is doing well. He's on a winning team and he's going to get the best of every team each and every week. And so this week it's DeAndre Hopkins. BMAC, what do you think about this matchup for Pat? Oh, I love it. I love I love seeing good on good. I love to see two future Hall of Famers go toe-to-toe. And I talked to Pat about you know this matchup earlier on our podcast this week. Now, before DeAndre became Arizona Cardinals, if you go back and look at some of the, the notable matchups between those two, they've had some nice battles when D-Hop was with the Texans and, of course, Pat was with the Cardinals. They, they had some real nice battles and, of course, having battles during their Cardinal time together in practice. But I'm excited for it. I think seeing how they tried to implement uh, D-Hop back last week, he got a lot of targets. It's safe to say he's going to be heavily targeted once again. So it's going to be a nice battle between D-Hop and Pat P, D-Hop and Cam, you know what I mean, because he's going to move around the football field a lot. They move him around a lot of different places offensively, and that has to be the main target that you have to understand and know where he is at any given time because it seems like Kyler Murray, you know, believes that that's where the ball should go. And deserving so because D-Hop is that type of wide receiver. Yeah, and seeing that uh, they got uh, Robbie Anderson too. It'll be his first game back also. And you say, okay, well, there's another uh, viable threat for 
uh, Kyler Murray to be able to try to, to be able to try to exploit this Viking secondary. But uh, for P two, understanding that his game has, in my opinion, has aged like a like a Merlot or like a Cabernet. How have you seen his game adjust over time? Man, right now what we're seeing from Pat P with the Vikings this year defensively has some has been something I've never really seen. He's always been an in, in your face type of corner. Now we're seeing him play with space, you know, eyes, understanding and seeing the quarterback playing a lot of off coverage. Off coverage is basically when you're playing off the wide receiver. It's not bump and run. You know, for for such a long time, even going back to his LSU days, he was always a primarily bump and run type of corner in your face, you know, putting your hands on him. Now, he still has that ability, but, of course, you guys know watching the defense there in Minnesota, you see both corners oftentimes line up, you know, off of the wide receiver. So being able to make that adjustment has been, you know, a plus for him because now he's playing with free eyes. And what I mean when I say free eyes is that when you play bump and run, your eyes is directly on the wide receiver. You cannot afford to remove your eyes any other place outside of your wide receiver. But when you play off, now you get a chance to get the three-step read from the quarterback. The three-step read is basically his first three steps. If you see his shoulder turn, the quarterback's shoulder turns, that tells you it's a short route. That tells you it's an intermediate route. Anywhere between 8 to 12 to 15 yards, you might be getting that type of route. But after that third step, if his shoulders are still square, now you might get a longer route. So when you're able to see that and get that nice little cheat code from the quarterback, now you can start eliminating routes that you may get from the wide receiver. And that's kind of what we saw the interception that Pat got against Miami. He played with three eyes. He was able to see what the quarterback was doing and made a big jump on the pass route to be able to come up with a nice interception. So that's the difference from Pat P from what I've seen in years past. Because of the scheme, we've seen him play with space, and he has made that adjustment nicely. We'll be back with more with CBS Sports Analyst Brian McFadden. But first... Hey, Vikings fans, right now you can pick up a commemorative Vikings Cup at U.S. Bank Stadium. Fill it with an ice-cold Pepsi, and you'll be ready for football watching. Spala Montage is the Twin Cities' premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there's a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. Welcome back to the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett and producer Jay Nelson. Let's jump back into our conversation with CBS Sports analyst Bryant McFadden. So if, I, if I'm following correctly, you think that he fits this new scheme better than maybe last season? Uh, no question. I, I think the entire defense fits this new scheme better than last year. And what I like to describe in regards to defenses, you don't always have to be a dominating, suffocating group. Now, if you, if you are that type of group, that's a plus. But in the National Football League, if you can play what I call elbow defense, right? Elbow defense is basically bending but not breaking. We all have an elbow. You can bend your arm. It won't break. If you can play that type of defense in the National Football League, you're going to win. You're going to win. You will find ways to close ball games. Last year, the Vikings didn't play elbow defense. They didn't bend. They just broke. That's why we saw so many last possession leads 
leave the Vikings not being able to finish ball games because they always broke. This year, they're bending, but they're not breaking. That's why we see a difference in how the Vikings can finish ball games. Last year, it was a horror story in the fourth quarter. They found a way to lose, right? This year, it's a feel-good story. They're finding ways to win, and they have done so on both sides of the football, offensively or defensively. Both sides have found a way to be the closer to close ball games out. And that's the unique thing about uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Ha- they, what we saw against Minnesota is what I visualized from this defense, harassing the passer, putting pressure, getting sacks. Now, granted, Miami was missing a few offensive linemen, but guess, but guess what? The Vikings made them look like they were missing offensive linemen. And I think that's a building stone moving forward, especially when you look at the guys that put their hand in the dirt to rush the said passers that you're going against. So I think in totality, the entire defense is benefiting better this year than what we saw last year. I think that is a, a, a definition of how you explain this 5-1 and Vikings team as a, as a elbow. Um, they bend, but they don't break. So uh, BMAC, that, that is a great explanation right there. But when, when you look at you know bending but not breaking, uh, Kyler Murray is going to try to break this defense as much as he can. And my question for you is, what makes Kyler so dangerous outside of the pocket? He, he can extend plays. It's already tough as guys in the, for guys in the secondary to cover wide receivers. But when you have to cover longer than what you anticipate, that puts a lot of stress and strain on you because you can't just take your eye off of the man you're covering to look to see what the quarterback is doing because you would leave someone wide open. So knowing that you're playing against a quarterback that can extend plays, it puts a lot of stress and strain on the guys in the secondary. But the best way to efface that stress and strain from the secondary guys is for the guys that are rushing the passer to do so with proper rushing lanes. You have to have proper rushing gap integrity, meaning honestly rushing the passer. Oftentimes when you see quarterbacks that are mobile get outside the pocket, that contained guy got too busy looking at someone else's job. If you're contained, rush with contained alignment. Don't rush to try to do someone else's job who's inside of you because that's not your job. So keep him in the pocket. Kyler Murray is at his best when he's outside the pocket. I think we would all agree. Not watching any scouting tape on Kyler Murray, just watching him play ball games. I think we would all agree he's at his best when he's outside the pocket. Force him to do things that he's not good at. I'm not saying good at, but he's not as at his best at, which is staying in the pocket. And also, too, one cool little nugget, when I used to play with Pittsburgh, anytime we played against Drew Brees, right, and, you know, Drew Brees was a shorter quarterback compared to his peers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". He was a shorter guy. So what we used to do in Pittsburgh was, number one, we want to make sure we kept containment. Now, keeping containment against Drew Brees was not the same as keeping containment against Kyler because Drew Brees was not the same athletic individual like that Kyler Murray is, but we wanted to keep him in the pocket, and we sent pressure down the middle of the defense. You guys know what that did? That minimized his passing lanes for him to be able to see because, remember, he's a shorter quarterback. So what we did was we used to always collapse the pocket from the interior instead of the perimeter because we knew it would be difficult for him to see the passing lanes behind the front, behind the second-level guard, which is, which is the linebackers, and it would put us in a better position in the secondary to be able to jump on opportunities because he couldn't really see visually. And me personally, not being a defensive coordinator, outside of coaching my son's 9U flag <laughs> football team, when I play, if I played against shorter quarterbacks, that's why I'm bringing pressure down the teeth of the, de- the defense, the middle of the defense, because you want to minimize the passing lanes that are already difficult for him to see anyway because of how short he is, to say the least. <laughs> 
Yeah, Brian. I mean, that's such a great point. And I think that it's all comes down to the details in this game. And, and it's details that really define the staff so far. It is the the Vikings are the least penalized team. They're decent on third down. They're they're improving in ways that they were not last season. So what has most impressed you personally about this new coaching staff? The way they relate to the players. I had an opportunity to visit Minnesota twice. It was during mini camp and then, of course, training camp. And every player that I spoke to while there, they were so excited about the staff. So as a former player, that showed me these guys really have bought in to what these coaches are selling. And when you buy into what the coaches are selling, you will see execution. You will see success. You will see consistency. One thing about playing the game of football and one thing about life, when you respect whoever it is that's telling you to do certain things, the best way to show that you respect them is by doing what they're asking you to do. It's no different than a parent and a child. If a child does not respect that parent, nine times out of ten, they're not going to do what the parent asks them to do because they don't respect them. It's the same in sports. When players respect the staff, those players are going to do everything in their power to do what is asked of them to do because they respect the staff and they know their coaches know what's best for them. That's what we're seeing from the, from the Vikings. That's why the Vikings are 5-1. and one. There's a mutual respect within the organization between the players and the coaches that has warranted success, that has warranted wins. And that's the best piece to have when you're trying to assemble a championship-like team. And I'm only speaking from experience because my time in Pittsburgh, my rookie year, I didn't know anything about the National Football League. But one thing I learned during my rookie campaign was, number one, good coaches have respect from their players. When players respect their coaches, they're not just going to play hard. They're going to do everything their coaches ask them to do. And that will warrant championship-like opportunities. So that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the difference. And I'm not necessarily saying there's a disconnect between the staff last year and the players. All I'm saying is this staff with these players there in Minnesota, you can tell the togetherness is there, the excitement. You guys feel it. You, you, you're in Minnesota. Definitely. You probably feel it every day. When you walk into the building, it feels different. Mm-hmm. It feels different. Momentum is a funny thing. Energy is a funny thing. You can't see it, but you can feel it. I love it. I feel your energy too, BMAC. And um, I'm just looking at some of these, I guess the, the the 2008 Steelers season, when you were on that championship squad, you guys started out 5-1 and one also. So uh, Vikings fans are excited to hear from you and hear about, uh, I guess, this upcoming season, however this story unfolds for this team. So I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you, you know, providing your wisdom, your insight, and I'm uh, looking forward to talking to you soon, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Yes, Skull sir. Nation, stand up. Indeed, Skull Nation, stand up, and I look forward to seeing all of you at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday when the Vikings play the Cardinals, aiming for that sixth win of the season in seven games. For Tatum Everett, Brian McFadden, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi.